This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. If you climb to the top of the mountain And you look toward the heavenly door And you almost hear voices of angels Then you're closer to God than ever before If you look out and over the ocean while the waves gently roll on the shore Can you tell he's up there watching for you Then you're closer to God than ever before If you stand all alone in the darkness life holds in store If there's peace and contentment around you Then you're closer to God than ever before If you walk through the hills and the valleys And you don't feel alone Closer to God than ever before. If you walk through the hills and the valleys and you don't feel alone anymore, can you tell he's there walking beside you? Then you're closer to God than ever. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord has done Count your blessings, name them What God hath done Count your blessings Name them one by one Count your many blessings See what God hath done Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you Every doubt will fly And you will be singing as the days go by Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God hath done Count your blessings, name them one by one 
When you look at others with their lands and gold Think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold Count your many blessings money cannot buy Your reward in heaven or your home on high Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God hath done Count your blessings, name So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one. Your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for those beautiful opening songs for us. Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Debbie Tague and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks to Eileen Flatten, who will be reading our lessons and sharing a children's message with us. Thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. Many, many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, to our new services which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at Parish. 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Millie Roberts in memory of Joe Roberts, and we want to thank Millie for her generosity. I don't think I have any additional announcements to make at this time. We will be doing communion tonight. Um, and we're celebrating this week Christ the King Sunday. So 
Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is present with each of us, wherever we might be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. We're in the season now, we've just finished the season of Pentecost. As I said, we are uh, approaching Christ the King Sunday, and then we start the season of Advent. For the worship today, you may want to have a white cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me and listen as I read the confession of sins. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we've done and things that we failed to do. Turn us again to you, uphold us by your spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hear then God's promise of absolution. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are all forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come again and sing our gathering songs for us. Jim and Debbie. Well, Debbie, in four days we have a holiday coming up, one I really like, Thanksgiving. And uh, we should think of this every day, being thankful for all the blessings that we have been given to by God. You know, a lot of people, you ask them, you know, what are they blessed with? The first thing they're happy for, their health, their family. Maybe their good job, you know, maybe their nice house. But there's a lot of things that people never get to experience that we take for granted. Think of when we sit down for our meals, you know, there's usually way more food there than mm -hmm. we need to eat. I look in my closet, there's way more clothes there than I'll ever wear. Yeah. You know, when we get to go to bed in a warm bed between the warm sheets, dry, sh <laughs> clean sheets, and, and pull a, pull a, pull a uh, blanket up over us and be on a, on a pillow. You know, that stuff that we so take for granted, and a lot of people don't get to experience that. And I'm not talking about people around the world. I'm talking about people in our own country, our own state, our own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So a person one time told me, want what you have. And I think mm -hmm. that's good advice. Want what you have and be thankful for it. Mm, nice. While the world looks upon me as I struggle along, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart I'm rejoicing, how I wish they could see. Thank you, Lord, for your Food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. 
Speaking of being thankful for things, this is absolutely at the top of the list. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me my great salvation so Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for those songs and for the important reminder about thanksgiving. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you anointed your beloved Son to be priest and sovereign forever. Grant that all the people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, that they may be united by the glorious and gentle rule of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'll invite Eileen to come and read our lessons and do the children's message for the day. Eileen? The first reading is from Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 through 10 and 13 through 14. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousand served him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood attending him. The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the ancient one and 
and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kinship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall never be destroyed. The second reading is from Psalm 93. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he is girded with strength. He has established the world, it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old, you are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the waves of the sea. Majestic on high is the Lord. Your decrees are very sure. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. The next reading is from Revelation chapter 1, verses 4b through 8. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message and for all of us who are still children at heart. Today is Christ the King Sunday. It's a special day in the church year, so we're going to talk about kings. We all know about kings, even though America got rid of our king many, many years ago. I want you to think about kings. What do kings wear? They wear a crown and they wear royal robes. They also carry something that represents their power and authority, a scepter. Where do the kings get all that treasure, jewels, and gold? From us, the people. If this is what we think a king looks like, then we have a serious problem in church today because this morning we are supposed to remember Jesus as Christ the King. And he certainly didn't look or act like the kind of kings that we are used to. We know Jesus didn't wear a gold and jeweled crown. He wore a different kind of crown, a crown of thorns. And Jesus didn't wear royal robes with white ermine down the front. He wore a simple robe and sandals. And Jesus didn't carry a scepter to show his power. He carried a cross, and he carried all of our sins to that cross too. And finally... Jesus doesn't want boxes of jewels and diamonds and gold coins. He wants us to gather himself into our hearts and into our love. Jesus is a king, but he's a different kind of king than we are used to. He isn't a king with gold and jewel crown, who has riches and jewels and servants, and a person who orders people and armies around. Jesus is a king, but he's the best kind of king. He is the king of heaven, where he promises to take us, the king of love, which he offers to us freely, 
the king of sacrifice who takes all of our sins and the things we do wrong and he wipes them away. Jesus doesn't want to be king of countries and armies. He wants to be the king of our hearts and our lives. He is the most wonderful king, the best kind of king, a king who wants to give us forgiveness, love, heaven, and eternal life with him. So we're going to be thankful for God for sending Christ the King to us. So please join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for being the kind of king who doesn't want gold, power, and treasure, but a king who wants our hearts and love. Thank you for being a king who wants to give everything that is good to his people and to us, his children. Thank you for having Christ the King go to the cross for each one of us to wash away our sins. And thank you for the home you are preparing for us in heaven. Amen. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior and life more Thanks, Eileen, for reading our lessons and for the beautiful children's message. My sermon will kind of fit with that, and thanks again to Jim and Debbie for that lovely song. Our gospel lesson for this Christ the King Sunday is from the Gospel according to John, the 18th chapter, verses 33 through 37. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. 
Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, Today is Christ the King Sunday. You've heard that a number of times already uh, in this podcast. And our lessons are filled with soaring phrases of awe and reverence befitting a king. These are from the lessons that Eileen read a little earlier. From Daniel, to him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. Or from Psalm 93, more majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the waves of the sea, majestic on high is the Lord. Or from Revelation, grace to you and peace from him who was and who is and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. But when we come to the gospel lesson, the lesson that I just read from John, there's a whole different tone. No soaring, reverent, and awe-filled phrases, but a very personal questioning conversation between Jesus and Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews, Pilate asks. Jesus replies a little later that his kingdom is not of this world, but that in fact he is a king. And in the midst of this conversation, one we overhear most often as part of our Holy Week Bible texts, we sense something deeper going on. Pilate is asking not only if Jesus is a king, but Pilate is asking if somehow Jesus might become his, Pilate's king. If Jesus can somehow offer Pilate whatever it is he's most missing and longing for in his life. And it's precisely here that I'd like to pause and ask a few questions of myself and of you. Because it is precisely here that the soaring phrases of majesty and reverence and awe take on real meaning and very personal significance. So not just is Jesus Christ the King, but more to the point is Jesus Christ my King and is Jesus your King. Since we're not used to kings here in America, and Eileen did a wonderful job of talking about kings and our usual image of kings, but because we don't have king here in America, I'd like to ask that question in kind of another way. Does Jesus have my allegiance? Is Jesus the first priority in my life? Do I listen when he speaks? Do I follow where he leads? Does my life reflect his teaching? And when others look at me, can they get a glimpse of Jesus, of Christ the King, through my words and my actions? Some of these questions occurred to me a couple of weeks ago when I was visiting with one of the men in our congregation who's an avid deer hunter. I think I can share this conversation, both because I'll keep his identity anonymous and also because the Wisconsin deer hunting season starts this Saturday and he likely won't be in church on Sunday morning. He was telling me after church a couple weeks ago that he'd be missing church during the deer hunting season. I replied, teasing, 
that since it was a nine-day season, couldn't he come to church on Sunday mornings and hunt the rest of the time? He laughed and tried to come up with some biblical argument to support missing church in favor of deer hunting. He wasn't very successful in his arguing. I was reminded of an old fisherman who told me once that he'd rather be out on the lake fishing, thinking about being in church, than in church, thinking about being out on the lake fishing. I'm not sure that argument was very valid either. But what I am sure of is that both conversations, the one with the deer hunter and the one with the fisherman, somehow recognized that Jesus had a claim on them, a claim to be a priority in their lives all the time, but perhaps especially on Sunday mornings when God's people gather to remember and celebrate God's gift of love in Christ the King, a claim the deer hunter and the fisherman had to somehow reckon with. Now, I'm not just picking on these two men, because surely there are times when we all skip church for one reason or another, sometimes even when we just don't feel like going, which I can tell you personally is a problem when you're the pastor. For me, the real question is not so much do we skip church sometimes, no. The deeper question is if we claim to believe in Jesus, in Christ the King, is that claim reflected every day in how we prioritize our spending, our talent, and our treasure? When people see us going about our everyday lives, can they tell that Jesus is our King, our Lord, our Master? All of us, of course, are different in the ways we live out our faith, our following of Jesus, of Christ the King. And let me say this very clearly with real emphasis. There is no one right way to be a Christian. But though the questions I'm asking are essential, serious questions, the answers I believe are not, by which I mean, what if our faith, our following of Jesus, of Christ the King, were full of joy and laughter and even play? I was on vacation all last week. And by the way, thanks to Mike Monette and Steve Helling, after confirmation last week, Mike emailed me to let me know that there was perfect attendance and the class had gone great in my absence. And after Lauren Tagg presided and preached for me last Sunday, Steve emailed me to let me know what a great job Lauren had done. He hit it out of the park, I think is what Steve said. It made me feel very missed and needed, not. Well, a big part of my vacation was working down at my daughter and son-in-law's house in Farmington, Minnesota, mostly building a variety of shelving and other storage projects. And while I was working, I had a chance to watch and be part of my four-year-old grandson, Gabe's, play. He loved superheroes like Spider-Man and Captain America and Wonder Woman. He would pick up an empty wrapping paper tube and pretend it was a sword, and take the lid off a shoebox and imagine it as a shield. I watched as he raced around the house fighting bad guys and leaping off the couch to save some poor schmuck, me, from one disaster or another. His laughter, his excitement, his joy, and his playing was contagious, and I found myself laughing and playing and excited with him. Here's how Henry Nouwen, a Catholic theologian on pastoral care, described what Gabe was doing, what play is really all about. He says, to play is one of the most precious ways of being together and creating human fellowship. To play is the affirmation of the goodness of the here and now and the celebration of the moment. 
We play not because we want to accomplish something, but simply because we are alive. When we play, we realize that all we are and all we have is a free gift. When you watch children running behind a ball up and down the street, climbing in trees, jumping over fences, trying to catch each other, hiding in self-made huts and self-dug holes, <coughs> excuse me, clowning with Indian feathers, cowboy hats, fire helmets, and Zorro suits, getting wet, dirty, and bruised, when you watch all that, then you might suddenly sense that life is a playful dance in the presence of God. So, if Jesus Christ really is our King, might it mean living our faith with passion and excitement and laughter and joy, like a four-year-old pretending to be a superhero? What if being a follower of Christ the King looked like a deer hunter, full of excitement and anticipation of going out on the hunt? What if being a follower of Christ the King looked like a fisherman, launching his boat and rigging his rod and feeling the wind in his hair as he guns the boat motor and heads off to his favorite fishing hole? When our following of Christ the King begins to look and feel and sound like that, full of anticipation and laughter and excitement and joy, then our faith will become contagious and people all around us will catch what we have. Then our lives will proclaim, like the Bible text that Eileen read today, that Jesus has all dominion and glory and that he is more majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, that he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And our world will come to know that Jesus is indeed Christ the King. Amen. Time for another song. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come and sing again. I will serve thee because I Oh. 
Thanks, Jim and Debbie. We continue then with the Apostles' Creed, the sharing of our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll continue then with our prayers of intercession. changes of this world. Hear us now as we pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. God, you sent your son Jesus to testify to the truth. We pray for preachers, missionaries, evangelists, and teachers who carry your forgiveness and love to the world. Fill their words and actions with compassion and kindness so that your truth will shine. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You sent your Son, Jesus, to liberate all of creation. We pray for all living things, longing for the freedom to flourish from ancient trees and wild grasses to endangered animals and rare insects. Give human beings compassionate hearts to care for them. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your Son, Jesus, to rule in all times and places. We pray for the friends of our congregation who are unable to join our worship in person and for all who are sick and suffering, especially John Allen, Tammy and Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Randy Goglin, Andy Elmer, Del Clausen, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Tim Elmer, and John Olson. Join their prayers with ours and unite them with us in the body of Christ. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your Son, Jesus, to be our beginning and our ending. We give thanks for those whose lives have given us a glimpse of Jesus' reign of justice and peace. Empower us to join their witness. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our hope and strength, we entrust to you all for whom we pray. Remain with us always, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lord, 
listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. We continue with the sharing of the peace. Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. And I'll invite you to bless yourself or someone else worshiping with you but by using the Trinity formula, which is, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Obviously, since this is a broadcast podcast, we don't do offerings, but I did want to mention that as people of faith, we're called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. And as you consider that, I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come and do an offering song for us, please. For a thousand tongues to sing My great Redeemer's praise The glories of my God and King The triumphs of His grace My gracious Master and my God Assist me to proclaim To spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease, tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin, he sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulness clean. His blood availed for me. Hear him, ye deaf, his praise ye dumb. Your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold, your Savior come. And leap ye lame for joy. Glory to God and praise and love Be ever, ever given By saints below and saints above The church in earth and heaven. Would you join me as I do the offering prayer? Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. 
We'll continue then with the communion part of our service. I'll invite you to get the bread or wafer and the grape juice or wine so that you're ready for our communion. When we celebrate Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. I'll share now the words of institution, then we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer, and then I'll invite you after that to eat the bread and drink the wine. Hear these words. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all to them to drink, saying, This is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or the wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is my body broken for you. Now take the wine or the grape juice and hear this promise from Jesus. This is my blood shed for you. Receive the communion blessing. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Receive, too, the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll invite Debbie and Jim to come and do our closing songs. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and Christ the 
wonderful words of life. Sinner, list to the loving call. Wonderful words of life. Also freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life. Jesus, only Savior, sanctify forever. How great thou 
great Calvary. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Be not dismayed, whatever God will Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. All you may need